Welcome to V2S Radio, a show dedicated to helping domestic violence and human trafficking victims. Through the Stop Domestic Violence Network, V2S Radio serves to offer a safe place where victims no longer need suffer in silence and may find resources they desperately need. For more information, please visit our website at www.stopdv.net. And now, enjoy the show. Emotional abuse can cause extreme damage to the victim's self-esteem, making them feel like they are crazy, worthless, hopeless, or even responsible for the abuse. These are some of the emotions that I have gone through recently. Um, Tonight's topic is going to be emotional abuse. Um, I am your host, Anya. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Tonight, we have a really, really deep conversation to talk about, and we also have a specialist. Um, We have Crystal Rollison. She's joining us tonight. She is a mental health specialist, and she's going to be helping us figure all of this out because I know from experience that mental and emotional abuse is one of the worst to deal with because even after you remove yourself out of that situation and that domestic violence, I mean, if there was a physical aspect to it, you dealt with that, but it's also emotional. Um, The words stay with you forever. I mean, long after the person's gone. So, I mean, I don't know, like I had a rough childhood also, I'm a mess, but um, like things from my childhood come in my head, like you're not good enough, you're not worthy, you're, you know, so many things that me until this day, and those wounds pretty much never heal. Um, We as survivors have to learn how to block out those voices and replace them with positive voices and yes I can do that if something says you're ugly no say I'm beautiful you know do the total opposite and Crystal Wallinson um, works with victims every day and she helps them to restore them to get them back to normal and hopefully she can give us some insight and tips and it's just her experience I mean um, Crystal are you with us Yep. This is hi. Crystal. I'm Rollinson. Hey, how you doing, Anya? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate no it. So to our listeners. No problem. Thank you for thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're very so welcome. I, so I was um, listening and I go ahead. No, go ahead, hon. No, no, I was listening and I was saying, you know, absolutely, you're right. You know, a lot of people think of domestic violence, you know, strictly being physical, um, but a lot of times they struggle also with the emotional abuse that comes with it. Um, I've worked with many, many women who have been survivor, you know, of domestic violence, um, and you know, and, and domestic violence come in in multiple ways: emotional abuse, sexual abuse. Um, and emotional and verbal abuse. Um, a lot of times the women tell me that the emotional abuse is the worst. It, it, you, it, you come from a whole person, an independent person, and this, you know, the perpetrator begins to break you down. And, they, and it's, they be, they, it's like they know how to prey on their victims. Um, you know, I see basic, a lot of things that I see is they begin to isolate 
you know, the victim from friends and family. You know, in the beginning of the relationship, it's like a fairy tale. They tell you whatever you want to hear, give you all these promises, and you fall in love. You know, you think this is the person that I want to be with, you know, until with that one time you get hit, you know, and it's like, oh, you know, hey, it happened one time. I'm sorry, babe. You know, it's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and because of that beginning fairy tale romance, you know, the victim begins to believe it. Okay, well, it was one time, boom, second time, you know, physical, you know, and once this then it becomes a complete, complete cycle, and the victim now is becomes dependent on their perpetrator. Um, like how you mentioned, as you were saying, they have broken you down and make you feel like you're crazy. They have taken everything from you. They have made you feel worthless, you know, so it is very, very hard, you know, to come out of that. You know, a lot of times it is, and it's, it's, it's difficult. They, women have told me that they prefer to be beaten than to be belittled, you know, in front of, you know, especially in front of their children, you know, are told they're stupid, are told they're crazy, or no one would ever, ever have you, you know, everything, you know, and these women begin to actually believe what the perpetrator is telling them. Yes. Um, I I know from experience and from my friends that I've spoken to in my support group um, that when you when you are with somebody and they're constantly belittling you and putting you down, mm-hmm. at the beginning you're like, no, that's not me, go mm-hmm. to hell. But you hear mm-hmm. it enough, and then you're like, well, wait, maybe he's true. Maybe it's true. Maybe he's not lying to me. Maybe I am worthless. Maybe I am ugly. Maybe nobody's going to want to be with me. Um, mm-hmm. those, then you start believing. So this is what they want. They brainwash you. Am I correct? They brainwash you in a way yes. to, to, to have control over you. So you can't they, ever they begin, they begin to condition, you know, and make you really believe the things that they're saying. And these perpetrators, they know how, they know how to prey on these women are, you know, our men, vice versa. You know, I want to put that out as well. You know, it, domestic violence occurs, you know, both sexes um but they begin to pray they they take them they isolate them from everything a lot of times the victims start you know they have children with the perpetrators you know Mm -hmm. so now they become financially dependent on them as well they they become dependent emote everything on the perpetrator because they have no support system at this time there's no more friends involved there's no more family you know so they're that that becomes their world and the perpetrator knows that and they continue to use that to belittle them and that's when no one no one no one you can't you're not leaving no one wants you look at you you're fat you're disgusting you're slob Mm-hmm. You know, and they begin mm-hmm. to believe that, you know, I've, I've heard stories, you know, of women, you know, if they even, you know, the perpetrator even threatens to leave that they beg them to stay, you know, because they mm-hmm. have no other resources, they have no other outlets, 
they have broken them down so bad where they're in the middle of the street crying, don't leave me, don't leave me, mm-hmm. don't leave me, because they have nowhere else to go. And this is very difficult for people to understand who have not been in this type of situation. Right. Also, I find that what's scary, what becomes scary is that once you lose yourself and you start believing these lies, you become depressed, you become anxious, you become worried, Mm -hmm. you're fearful. Mm -hmm. Um, People know, my friends know that Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be in this situation, that it's not good for them. They feel themselves deteriorating. I personally felt a loss of myself. I didn't know who I was anymore. And it was because of almost a, a, a little over a year, I'm sorry, a little over a year of emotional abuse. So I lost myself. People would ask me, what do you like to do? I'm like, uh, I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get used to that. So now mm-hmm. I'm at the point where he's not in the picture anymore. Hallelujah. But, um, (laughs) hallelujah, girl. Thank you, Jesus. Um, But I find my, like, at the first beginning, the very first two days, I found myself, like, feeling weird. There was peace in my house. I was comfortable. I wasn't being called names. And I looked for that. I was like, wait a minute, something's missing. I don't have somebody screaming at me and cursing at me all the time. I'm not arguing. Mm -hmm. I'm not upset. People get used to their abuser and the way that they've lived and they become comfortable. So they're scared to step out of the box because they don't know what waits for them on the other side. And whatever it is that's waiting for you on the other side, I want to speak to my listeners. Um, From my heart, listen, um, when you are ready to make that move, to get out of the abusive situation, you're going to feel weird, but it's not a bad change. It's going to be a good change. It's going to be positive. You're going to be build yourself again. And Crystal, I believe that you do help victims build themselves up again. Am I, am I correct? Like, how would you do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, First, I just kind of wanted to touch base on what you were saying. Some of the, you know, the symptoms of domestic violence do begin to manifest in, you know, mental health illness. Um, A lot of times the victims become extremely depressed, um, extremely anxious, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, low self-esteem. So what I, what I, what I do with my victims, you know, I, I try to build them up. I try to get, you know, build up their self-esteem to get them back to that place to take control over their life, you know, when they're ready, when they are absolutely ready, you know, to get mm-hmm. them to that place and say, you know what, no, 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 I, I am not, I'm worth more than this. You know, I yeah. am worth, you know, being with someone who loves and respects me for who I am. I don't deserve to go home every night and getting beat, getting yelled at, being told I'm dumb, stupid while I'm doing, you know, while you're doing everything in the household for the perpetrator, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like everybody, you know, including children are stepping on eggshells, you know, when Mm -hmm. the perpetrator is there, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's very, you know, it is, it's a very difficult and I'm, and I'm glad, you know, that, that they're, they're, they're 
is a lot more services to help, you know, victims of domestic violence. One of the things that is a hindrance sometimes is that it is a very embarrassing situation for these victims to tell others. It is very, very hard. It's, a, it's a very embarrassing because many people who don't understand will simply say, well, girl, get out of it. Leave. Exactly. You know? and, and sometimes that is very difficult to do. Exactly. And the reason that um, people might not want to get out of the situation, besides being used to it and their comfort zone, might be, like you mentioned before, financial reasons. Those mm-hmm. were my reasons. Okay, mm-hmm. so you go into financial reasons. Then you have no family, no friends. So what's our mm-hmm. other option? Our other option is a shelter. Uh, um, and I know that me and you have talked off air about how the shelter system is. I went with Tim, Brother Tim, to actually see a shelter and see what they go through there. Like, the I feel that that would be punishment all over again. Like I'm being Mm -hmm. victimized all over again, going into some of these shelters. I mean, it's a great place to get away, but what if people don't have anywhere else to go? Like, what do they do? What, how do you advise them to get out of the situation? If they say, Crystal, I want to go, I want to do this, but I don't want to go into a shelter or I don't want to stay there for a long time. Do you have, you know, and uh, that's, Mm-hmm. What I and, and typically what I do, you know, with my clients, because it is a very, you know, a lot of times they're not able to make that decision right away, you know, in terms of when they finally decide to seek, you know, counseling and, you know, and support, they don't make that immediate decision to leave. And I would tell, you know, anybody listening who who does not have experience with this is do not tell them, you know, the victims who just leave because this is the most dangerous time for the victim when they leave the perpetrator, you know, and this is in, even in, you know, here in Central Florida, there's been a lot of recent, you know, you know, victim deaths when they have tried to leave the perpetrator, you know, and sometimes even, you know, the children get involved and the children are, you know, killed as well, you know, so Mm -hmm. don't give that advice. And I just want to kind of reiterate that to anyone that's listening and does not have experience, you know, even, you know, to be your best friend, don't tell them to leave unless that there is a plan in place, because this is the most dangerous time for the victim when they finally decide to get that courage and build up and to leave. But once they are ready, you know, I begin to build up their self-esteem. You know, you can do this. You're worthy of it. You know, we put a plan in place. You know, if, if they're if they're not able to, you know, accommodate, you know, or be located or, you know, be in a shelter, sometimes they have too many children that they can't even go to the shelter. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a plan that is put in place. So I advise once they get to that, and I always allow the client to make their own choice, you know. So if they're ready to leave, you know, we, we put a plan, kind of like a safety plan in place. Make sure you have all your vital documents, your Social Security card, your birth certificate, your children's birth certificate, their Social Security cards. If you have infants, you know, store 
you know, their formula, their water, bottles, diapers, you know, clothes, extra set of clothes, you know, things that you can immediately grab if any time that cash is given to you, save it, you know, as much as you can. So when it's time for you to go, it's time for you to go. And you don't yeah. don't reveal to the perpetrator what that plan is. You know, you keep you keep it as it is day by day until until you are ready, that plan is in place, whether you know where you're going, whether you're going to another state, whether you have, you know, branched out, you know, and you met other, you know, survivors and that's where you're going, definitely have a plan in place. But I just, I, I really, really want to reiterate to those who don't understand this situation, don't advise them to just leave and not be prepared because, like I said, that is most, most dangerous time for a victim of domestic violence when they finally decide to leave the perpetrator. Right. Um, I wanted to give my um, warriors an opportunity to call in and speak with you um, because you're giving great advice. Um, The number to call in is 917-889-8867. You can speak with me or Crystal. Um, we're here to help you, give you advice, comfort you. Um, you don't have to give your name when you call. You can give your name. This isn't a free, open place. Feel free to speak about whatever you're going through. We're here to help. Um, if you know somebody that's going through a situation, don't wait until it gets really bad to then say, oh, I should have done something. Reach out to that person and you know, when I went to the store the other day, I saw this lady that she sort of looked troubled, and I just made a conversation with her and let her know that, you know, we're here. And she looked at me like, uh, okay, you know, I think she needed the help. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a movie, going back to what you were saying, you need to make a preparation bag. You need to have everything ready just in case. Um, it's like an emergency bag, just If you can't get out all at once, little by little, start putting $5 here or there. What I did is I opened up a savings account and I asked him for money for, like, my nails or whatever. I didn't get my nails done. I put it right in the savings account because I knew that he was very flighty and I knew that I couldn't stay in that situation forever. So I did have a little bit saved up when he did actually leave. But that's that's a great point. And... You guys, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Enough with Jennifer Lopez. If you haven't, watch that movie. It's an amazing movie, and it it touches exactly on what we're talking about right now. She was being abused. Um, She had a daughter. She tried to get away. He went after her. I mean, it gets pretty scary, but at the end, she wins. So, yeah, I'm not going to give away the ending, but she wins. And um, yeah, it's really good. (laughs) Yeah, she wins. But I'm not going to tell you how. How she wins is awesome. But um, Crystal, did you see that movie? I seen that movie, and it it it, it is it is a very it is a very good movie and a good you know demonstration of really what happens in domestic violence situations. You know, Mm -hmm. it 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 it's it's. The, the the perpetrator is just so manipulative, you know, and given promises and promises and you know, and then out of the blue, here it comes. 
here it comes, you know. And I just kind of wanted to go back and, you know, you know, touch on, you know, the physical component um, because a lot of times when the women now, if they have bruises, you know, on them, everybody can see. So the perpetrator becomes wiser and begins mm-hmm. to use bodily harm or physical aggression in places, you know, that is not going to be so noticeable. And if there's already been reports of, you know, domestic violence in the system or anything like that, that's kind of when the emotional abuse begins to heighten because he can no longer, he or she can no longer physically be aggressive towards the victim. And now it's becoming that emotional and that verbal you know, control over, and that mm-hmm. is way more, you know, devastating than sometimes the actual physical abuse. Like, as, as I mentioned before, some, sometimes, you know, the, the victim would rather just be hit and get it over with versus, you know, being told all the names, you know, that they're worthless and things, you know, that we kind of mentioned before. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, but it's it's definitely it's a definitely a good portrayal of what happens in a typical domestic violence relationship. And, it's and even, I know it's even yep. harder when children, you know, when children are involved in a situation. Right, having children involved. Um, we're gonna touch on that next week. Um, I wanted to bring up real quick. I'm gonna have a special Father's Day um, show. And it's going to be June 18th, and I'm going to have, it's going to be a guy's day. It's going to be all dads. I want dads, um, the male victims of domestic violence, because right now you're hearing from the female's aspect. And it's not always the, the female that's being abused. Sometimes it's the female that's being abusive in a relationship. And I know one of my friends, he's that sweetheart, and I don't understand how he got in that situation, but he went through hell with his wife, with his ex-wife, and I want, and he has children, and now he has them full-time. So, you know, I want to get that whole topic talked about, and, and I also want to talk about the children. Um, when children are involved in a domestic violence situation, it's not only, okay, I'm arguing with this guy, or he's abusing me. No, your kids are being affected. Um, they hear that. They see that. And mm-hmm. just as Brother Tim shared with us on the very first show, he was a child when when he saw something very brutal happen in front of him. And he was frozen. Like, that affected him for the rest of his life. And as I stated before, it affected him, but in a positive mm-hmm. way. He turned it into something positive. Kids don't always do that. They grow up yeah. with emotional trauma. Sometimes it comes out negative. Sometimes they become abusers also because of what they witness. And that's what they know. And I and Anna, I know you're gonna, you know, speak on this topic with you know, with the children, um, in the next session. Um, but I just kinda wanted to kind of, you know, piggyback on what you just said. Um, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely, definitely the children are also victims of of the of the, the result of the violence in the home and it's it does it gets displayed in the if they're in school, their grades begin to slip. They begin, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the the children become the comforter, you know, of the victim, you know, yes. where it should be the opposite, you know, the parents should be comforting, you know, the child. So there's a lot of more, you know, a lot more mental health 
things that the children are now experiencing, you know, some, sometimes, you know, when I talk, you know, work with, you know, my children who are, you know, their parents have been part of um, domestic violence. They're angry. They're angry. Yes. You know, yes. they're angry. The at, Ladies, you I, know, mom. I don't mean to interrupt. We have a caller on the line. So I just want to pull one oh. caller in. One second. Okay. okay. Caller, Hi, go ahead. You're with live Anya. on V2S Radio. Hi, I just wanted to make a comment, if you don't mind. Sure, please. Hi, how are you? Hi. I, you know, I grew up in a home with a lot of domestic violence, and I didn't want to get a hold or ahead of your conversation. But, you know, um, there, the aftermath, you know, doesn't stop just when the mom or dad leaves. You know, the, mm-hmm. it, it yeah. goes on for a long time, you know, because the mental part of it, you know, lasts forever, you know, like even for me in my family, uh, you know, I have brothers who are alcoholics and on drugs and, you know, it, it doesn't stop just when the mom or, you know, like I said, when, once you leave the home, you know, right. because the damage is done. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's listening, I just wanted to say that the quicker you can get out, you minimize the damage. Yes. Yes. Yes, Because the damage does, yes, it lasts a lifetime. It can last a lifetime. Um, You sound like an older gentleman, and I'm sure that you remember vividly the things that went on in your childhood. Oh, of course. And has it affected you now as an adult, and how? Oh, my gosh. You know, there's... (laughs) It, it, you know, when people make certain facial expressions, it brings back memories, certain smells. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't stop, you know. I mean, that's something you have to deal with. You know, it's, it, a lot of it went into my teens. I mean, and that's, you know, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my mother now is, you know, a, a complete wreck, an alcoholic. And, you know, I mean, so it, it doesn't stop, you know. And so now that I'm a, a husband and a father, you know, then – it's kind of now I have, you know, I had to retrain my brain, you know, to not Mm -hmm. carry that into my family. So, you know, continual things, you know, that you have to do once you get out of that situation. So, you know, it affected me through grade school, high school, do you know what I mean? In, in the workplace. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's something you just don't hang up like a coat and it's over with. Yeah, something you deal with right. all the time. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, no, it does no. Let me you. just let me just chime in real quick. This is Brother Tim and caller. Thank you for calling in because you touched on thank something you so that, much. that I dealt with my entire life as well. Um, as Anya stated earlier, I was, you know, I think five years old when I first witnessed domestic violence and it was from my dad's friend it wasn't my dad it was a friend of his that ended up beating his wife in front of me and it and it floored me i remember yeah. i remember nightmares i remember um men would yell or loud voices and i would cringe it it would go through me because i froze yeah. up but now, yeah. what was the thing that helped you the most when you became a father and a husband to say, not my family? How did you control that? Because 
domestic violence, from what I understand, it becomes kind of a learned behavior. Um, and, and far too many times, people that are exposed to it repeat those behaviors. So I'd like for you to, for you to tell us what steps you had to take to quell that to make sure that didn't come out of you towards your family. Honestly, uh, I'm going to give you a straight, honest answer, and it and, and it, it had nothing to do with me because I was I was immature, and and I you know it's it's a cop out answer, but I really didn't know any better, and I could have easily went down that path, but it was my wife, um, and when I was able to take criticism from my wife without, without what, when I, when I was able to take criticism from my wife without still being that young boy being yelled at from my father is when I grew up. And so I, I, my wife, actually taught me many things that I didn't know. Mm. And so when, when you can, when you can say to yourself that you, you were taught wrong and you've seen wrong things, that's when the change in me, you know, because when, when, when all of us are born, we're, we're born, I, I think, you know, to love our parents. And so I don't think parents know the damage that they do to children by words or actions, you know, because, you know, a spanking or a belt, you know, that, that welt goes away, you know, in a couple of days, but those words, they cut to the bone Mm -hmm. and they last a lifetime, you know what I'm saying? So it takes a long time for those visions or those memories to go away, but, when you're around a loving and supportive, you know, people and you, you have to be mature enough to say, you know, that, that was wrong. And, and, you know, so that, that's what saved me. You know, I can't give any, I can't give myself the, you know, Oh, I did this or, you know what I mean? But I, I had to say, you know, you can, you can, and you made the decision and, just like these abusers, they know that they're hurting you and they're aware of their actions yes. and they choose not yes. to take responsibility, accept blame or, you know, have anything to do with it. So they want to say it's your fault. No, you have responsibility for your own actions and you should take credit because you took the power into your own hands and you used a negative experience and you said, no, I don't want this for my family. It's going to stop here. And I give you kudos for that. That's good for you, and, I, and I'm glad you did. Um, myself, I was raised in um, by my grandmother. She was an alcoholic. Um, she physically abused me, stick, um, a wire, electrical cord, and emotionally abused me. Since I was the age of six or seven, she was calling me all sorts of names. Um, oh, yeah. I learned what a slut was I you know she was she was calling me all these names and I had to like what what is that like I didn't even know what it was but it affected me growing up as a teenager now Mm -hmm. now that I'm an adult I can say and I have children I 
I had nobody to show me right from wrong. But I can say, yeah. you know what, I, I didn't feel good when she did that to me, and it hurt me. So I'm not going to do that to my kids. And my kids, I'm right. going to be the total opposite. I'm not going to drink and be an alcoholic. My biological mother was a drug addict. I am not going to, you know, I made the choice just like you did. You made the choice to be a great dad and a great husband. And you should take credit for that with your wife's help, of yeah. course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Know, when, I, when I was growing up, um, now this goes back into the 80s, you know, but when what I was made to feel like when I, when I would go and I, I did reach out for help. But the problem then, and and I don't mean any disrespect for what I'm saying here, but I'm just being honest with you. Um, Mm -hmm. When I was, I I got myself in a lot of trouble, but I I would go uh, during, in school, whether it was teachers or pastors, social workers, you know, whatever, but they always made it seem to be my fault. You know, their first thing, Mm -hmm. you know, their first question is, what did you do wrong? You know, to deserve Mm -hmm. this. And I'm like, Wait a minute, you know, you don't understand, right. you know, I'm being wow. kicked, slapped, belts, bats, boots, thrown downstairs, you know, like, you know, I'm only 11, you know, what and I, I, mean, I, you know? I got to, I have to jump in on this one because that is what you're saying is so true. And it, and what it does, it just reinforces that trauma, you know, and it's, and it reinforces everything that has happened in that household, you know, at you know, with with being told that hey, this is your fault. You know, this is also you know to the victim as well, and it should never yeah. be. You know, and I and I and I will say, I would counseling mental health has come a long a long way, and yes. <laughs> we, we do we do we do not put blame on the victims, our children, and in our goal and you know and our agency you know, Positive Behavior Solutions, you know, excellent organization is that we are here to empower. We are here to in, encourage change. And it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a word cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, is typically what, you know, what we use is it's, it's, we, it's all we're doing is we're retraining our brain thoughts our patterns, we're restructuring how we think, Mm -hmm. we're restructuring our patterns, so things that we used to think, no, we're reframing it, we're putting something positive in in return, and and it takes work, it takes it takes a lot of work, and it takes time, and and it's kind of what your wife did, it, 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 you know, Using you don't know, using the big word, but it's it's what your wife did is retraining you, you know, and and yeah. giving you that hope again, you know, to build a productive family, and that is what we do is we are giving these victims, hey, there is hope, there is hope out there, we can do it, you there know, is. you know, as a community, like we got to get it together, you know, we can do this, we we encourage and we strengthen and we empower families. You know, so I I didn't want to apologize on behalf of whoever told you that it was your fault <laughs> that what did you do or put the blame on you. But I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely glad you called in and and, and such a success story you know that has come for that you know. But I I had to add that in because 
I I do not believe in re-traumatizing children. That is something that, you know, is definitely not necessary. And as, as we've already said, it's already going to be in their mind for the rest of their lives. Let us not re-victimize over and over and over again by blaming yeah. the child or the victim. Exactly. Listen, and, you know, we, we had children because, you know, we had them because we wanted them. And we, we, we all love our children and we want to give them the best. We don't want to, we don't want to put them down. You know what I mean? We want to give them the best shot in life that we can give them. So if, if it's getting out of the house, if it's whatever, then do it, do it for your children, do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And awesome message. Thank you so much. And I hope, go ahead. Real quick, real quick. You know, speaking about children, um, when I grew up in the eighties as well, so I understand what the caller's talking about. When a little boy hits a little girl, the little girl goes and tells the teacher or someone at school, and the answer used to be far too many times, he hits you because he likes you. Don't worry about it. And now let's go to middle school. When kids actually start dating, far too many times the little girls look for the boys that hit mm-hmm, because it means <laughs> he likes you. Right. Right? It's now true. let's get mm-hmm. to adulthood. It's, already, it's been ingrained in their minds since second grade when little Johnny, mm-hmm. you know, grabbed Susie's hair or whatever you want to say, and she was told by a, a figure of authority it means he likes you. So when they're older and I've had, you know, when we go out and do a transportation or a search and rescue, whatever you want to call it. And the counselors are speaking to the victims. She says, but I thought he loved me because Mm -hmm. it reverts back to that Mm -hmm. one childhood incident, because when she told authority, nothing happened. So let's right. shed some light on that because, believe it or not, that's still going on today in school with these young yeah. kids. And, and you know, many of us have Facebook and YouTube, and we're seeing videos of teenage boys punching girls in the face while their yeah. friends not only laugh, but They're recording it. it. Mm-hmm. Nobody jumps mm-hmm. in to help. Nobody jumps in and says, you're wrong. And what do you think those group of people who videotaped it, 90% of them are to grow up to be abusers themselves. So how do we turn this around and and stop that behavior? Because that was an adult. Again, just like the caller said, what did you do? What did you do wrong? You're enabling an abuser and giving them the green Mm -hmm. light. So how do we combat that? Crystal? I'll hand that over I to you. Said, you, you, I, you. Oh, you tossing that one to me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's you. Catch that one. You know, like I said, the, the mental health field has come so far since that time, you know, and we have so many resources and we can, you know, we even see, you know, when I go into the schools, the bullying, you know, and things of, you know, of that nature. And it's like we have to get as a community 
to, to first of all, the stigma, you know, of the domestic, you know, violence and getting in there as early as possible, as the caller, you know, has stated earlier, you know, at the first time and, and, and having authority figures, you know, and doing more, you know, trainings for, you know, professional or teachers and things, but who don't have necessarily that experience in domestic violence. Because like you said, you know, a lot of women, they seek, they seek men who beat them because, like you said, that's what they were taught, that if they hit me, they love me. And sometimes right. they even per, maybe provoke to, to, to see if they will get hit to see that, you know, he loves me, which is so sad. But it's, it's, how, it's how the brain works. It's how it was functioning. It was how they were taught during those, those fundamental developmental years. So now exactly. as a community, what we have to do is we need to have the people in authority, uh, the authority figures who are teaching our children, who are teaching our teens, that they, they need to be trained, you know, about domestic violence and, hand, and how to handle that situation. And it is serious in kindergarten, you know, in VPK, that if a, whoever yeah. hits, you know, vice versa, you know, I teach, you know, my, my, you know, children, hands, hands are not for putting on each other. Hands are for eating, you know, and and, and high. So it's a lot of, a lot of intensive training that our authority figures need to have that are not necessarily trained in this particular field, because a lot of, like you said, that I remember that, hey, if he hits you or he chases you, pulls your hair, he, he likes you, and you grow up believing that. If, that's, if, if that was the relationship that you had with your father, it leads on, because that is what you're going to look for in a relationship, you know, in a man. And I will tell, and I'll tell you this, a lot of women that I work with, I, I ask, I said, well, tell me. Tell me five things which you love about them. They can't come up with one. They can't <laughs> I, yeah, come up I couldn't either if you asked me one. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They cannot yeah, um, come up with one thing about what they love about this person, you know, and that is, to me, is they have, that's when they have beaten down their self-esteem and, you know, right. they, they they can't they can't even tell and say oh well he's this or he's that are those you know you, and, right and they're it, they're it's in a, it's such a huge issue and I know I went off you know the original question you know I mean you know but mm-hmm. definitely we have to get our authority figures on the same page as us you know mental health professionals teachers you know deans administrators like we have to take it seriously and a lot of times it is very very sad that I you know there there people will witness like will see this you know domestic violence happening and will not do Mm -hmm. anything about it right nothing at all because it's, um, it's not my problem it's not my problem Right, but it no. is stay out of it. That's what Crystal, that's what everybody thought. Yes, Crystal, I, I have a question for you. At what uh-huh. age for children? Because we, we haven't mm-hmm. we deal with adults, and you know Anya said this last show. We need to do something to get to the younger generation when they're just about to start dating. Because here's what I've heard. From victims mm-hmm. and from abusers. I don't know what domestic violence is. I didn't know that's what this was this whole time. 
So mm-hmm. at what age, at what age, you know, I, I've been out the loop for a while. I have grandkids. I don't know <laughs> at what age if these children are dating now. We need to get to the schools. We need to get in there and do seminars mm-hmm. and, and speakings and show what domestic violence is, what it can lead to, and how to seek the proper help. What age group mm-hmm. would you say that is, or what grade at this point? What grade are kids if, dating? If we, and, and, and actually, you know what, it is prime developmental ages zero to five, you know, so I even, you know, work with children at that age, you know, typically more so with play therapy when trauma is, you know, involved, you know, I, I've worked, you know, with, you know, a child, three-year-old who, you know, the father shot mom right in front of them. That breaks my heart because that, tra- that, that that's never going to go away, you know, at three. That's, that memory is never going to go away. So I say, I say start, if, if we know, you know, the family is, is involved in domestic violence, especially, and I also worked um, in the foster care system for 10 years. So we put services in immediately, you know, for children. So we're, if it's three, four, five, six, seven, we're putting services in there because we do not want to, you know, keep re-traum- you know, re-traumatizing them, you know, and we're teaching them, you know, about what is right, what is wrong. So even even before dating age, we, we, we need to get in there. We need to let them know that this is wrong. So there's, I wouldn't say right. that there is a particular um, grade level or, you know, that we, that we can start discussing this, um, but as soon as we are aware, you know, we put services in there. You know, like I said, for children, more so play therapy. Once we get, you know, our older teens, you know, we get them, to, you know, talking to us, you know, individual counseling, you know, but I, I definitely, definitely, you know, suggest immediately, Mm -hmm. you know, helping them because children are smart. Children are very, very smart. And those ages that are happening, zero to five, that is, that is the most prime time for them to be able to relearn and restructure that know what happened and what you saw was wrong. This is wrong. So when they go to, you know, VPK, when they go to kindergarten, they are, they, they have now no, nope, this is wrong. So I would right. say, you know, Pastor Tim, that we do it immediately. If we know, refer, refer, refer. And also, um, I real quick, I just wanted to thank that caller. We lost him. But um, thank you so much for calling in and bringing up such a great topic to talk about um, and sharing your experience with us. That was, that was awesome. Um, and I'm so proud of you for doing the right thing. And I hope to hear from you on our Father's Day show, June 18th. Um, That was my little commercial there. Okay, so um, I wanted to touch on Brother Tim and the Domestic Violence Network. Um, Me and you had briefly spoken about going to the junior high schools or right when they're getting into high school freshman year. We want to do this and we want to branch out and talk to them and give them awareness so that way we can prevent. Because what we're trying to do here is not just 
talk about our problems and cry about it and, okay, we're going to get better. No, we have to stop this from happening. It's a vicious right, cycle uh, that starts from the beginning. So I want to make sure. Yeah, exactly. we need a proactive approach. Mm-hmm. You know, reactive yep. is after it's happened, we jump in. No, 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 no. We need right, to have right. a proactive approach. So right. that caller said something, and it was pivotal. I actually got dumped in my 20s by a woman, a girl. She was about the same age, early 20s. She broke up with me because she tried to antagonize and provoke me to hit her, and I wouldn't do it. And wow. she said, see, you don't even care. Like, I get no response out of you. This isn't even getting a rise out of you. And she dumped me. She dumped wow. me. Three years ago. So she ago. wanted you to hit her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it was... That's, uh, that's, that's love. <laughs> that's not, a, not, not, not my book. Dysfunctional. I'm, I'm saying dysfunctional, you know, but... As you know, like I said, you know, stated before, with that that learned behavior of, hey, when you if you when someone hits you, that means they love you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want to bring it. Yeah, of course. Um, I want to bring it back to um, something that you guys can help me out with personally on air, and maybe it'll help a lot of my listeners. Um, emotional, the emotional aspect of it. Everybody has a certain time of day. Maybe they're in their car, a certain song comes on. Um, Let's say they're away from their abuser. The storm is almost over, but they're reliving this stuff in their head. Like I know um, when I'm driving, I'll hear a certain song that will trigger a memory. And it's usually a bad memory because that's what I had. But um, And at night when it's quiet, I actually text Brother Tim um, after the last show that I did. Actually, it was my first show, right, Brother Tim? My first show, um, I texted you that night. Yeah. And it was like, okay, so my bruises are just about healed now. So what I just went through was super recent. Um, I'm coming from a place of healing also. I'm trying to heal and get through this. So here I am on the show last last, uh, week, and I, I enjoyed the show, loved the show. When I sat down on my bed and I laid down and I looked up at the ceiling, it was like just a rush of emotion and like my own stuff and like his voice in my head. And I just felt so horrible. Like, am, are, am I going to go through like waves of hearing his voice in my head? Like, when is this going to go away and get better? Because I'm trying to help others to get through this, and they're probably going through the same thing. So and does this get better? A, you know, and, and it does, you know, over time, over time, over time. But you have to remember some some events that have occurred are so imprinted in our brain that certain things are going to trigger that. A certain song, maybe the first song you had together or like the caller said a smell you know that the mm-hmm. our face or you know so sometimes it, it 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 is that's part of that's part of you know going through that process you know mm-hmm. so definitely what i suggest is is counseling then you know getting it through processing it through 
So you know what? If that song comes on, I could change. I could change the radio to another song. You know, if that's mm-hmm. if that's what's triggering me. That's what I and usually that's what do. I said before, yeah. Or if that's you know certain things that you you stay away from that kind of that you you begin to recognize that hey if if I if I play this or if I you know I remember we did this that that was our restaurant we went to don't go a different direction but it is yeah. definitely, um, it's quick, definitely a process mm-hmm. real quick we have but, another caller on the line so maybe. let me introduce this caller okay caller you're live on V2S radio what's your first name Hi, um, I, I won't disclose the first name, but I just have a general question as far okay. as children that are traumatized, you know, through domestic violence. And then at one point, I know that 18 is considered the legal age. When do you consider them responsible for their actions? Asara is like, okay, yes, you went through it. Is 18 an automatic, like, okay, now you should know better and not do it again? So now they should be held accountable because I think that's the um, that could be an issue as well. Like, okay, you were you know you've been exposed to domestic violence at a young age. Now you're 18, automatically to turn to to now you should know better. You should repeat what you do. So when do we no. hold the accountability so the child does not become a repeat offender? And at part, do feel sympathetic for the child even though they're 18, but now they can consider the legal adult. Well, me personally, I say that 18 is just a number. Um, For my children, when they turn 18, they could be 40. They're still my babies, and I still have to make sure that they're doing the right thing and headed in the right direction. Um, At that point, I believe they have the right to give consent, whether they want to go to counseling or not. Am I right, Crystal? Right, and, and I just wanted to I just wanted to clarify before before I answered um, that question. Are you saying? At what point does the child have to take accountability for their own actions after they've been exposed to domestic violence? After they're exposed to domestic violence, once they reach legal age. I'm not talking 18 and below. I'm talking 18 and older because mm-hmm. okay. I know have shown that people that have been exposed to domestic violence are at risk of being repeat offenders. Right, correct, right. Well, and, I and, think and, that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Crystal. And 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 I'll tell you, and I'll say this, you know, because and Anya, you you said it, you know, go to ages, you know, ages not a number, you know. Um, and I'll just use I'll use a little example um, with corporal punishment, and um, you know, I, I I definitely advise against that, gives mixed messages. Um, but you know, one of one of my you know clients would spank other children, and when I say, hey, why would you do that? Oh, because mommy or daddy spanked me, you know, so it's not it's not necessarily an age thing, and that's kind of when I said now that goes back to getting in the services as early as possible so they don't become repeat offenders, just like the other gentleman caller, you know, who came in you know, and surrounded themselves, you know, with positivity. Thank God he had a wife that helped him through that. Um, so it, it's definitely not an automatic age. And it, 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 we got to get it early, but definitely those teen years and, and, and exposing, you know, 
that that's when the promiscuity, that's when the drugs begin, that's when the battery starts, and then that's when the criminal behavior begins, and the drinking, and the alcohol, and everything, and then by the time they're 18, they're diagnosed with everything in the bug, you know, right. so it's, it's one of those things, like Brother Tim said, we, it, we can't be reactive about it, it has to be proactive, you know, with it, but definitely not just, you know, once you're at 18, okay, you know, it's done. And right. no, we 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 What's have that? juveniles who are offenders of domestic violence because you have to remember domestic violence is not only within a, a, a intimate relationship it could be between a mother and a son and that's considered domestic violence you know so right. we that's once again I I reiterate it has we got to get in there early we got to get in there and we have to let them understand what it is domestic violence because. Teenage years without it is rough, but going through that with and not dealing with that trauma, yes, you might most likely you are going to see repeat offenders if they're not dealing with that. I also if worked I, in the in the prison um, system before, and a lot of a lot of them came from homes dysfunctional with domestic violence, and they have been repeat offenders. And the first time that they ever sought therapy, not on their own was because they were, you know, incarcerated. Exactly. After it's too late. Um, by the time you're 18, if if a child has been exposed, from my experience, to domestic violence, by the time they're 18, if it's not fixed, they are going to be repeat offenders, and they don't seek, like Crystal said, they don't seek help until it's too late, until somebody's damaged and, and emotionally and, and, or and, physically. And I'm and I, and I'll tell you, even at I mean, even at 18, because you have to remember, you know, we're working we're working with victims, you know, who are older than 18 and they're changing their ways. It's the same thing with 18, 19. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a repeat offender, but exactly. Hey, if we that's where I say with with the community and with authority figures, when we start seeing these behaviors, you know, in in elementary school and middle school, these are where we need to get them. This is that that's the prime time to get them services. You know, not wait until something happens and then, you know, here you need anger management, you need this, you need this, where we could have have already fixed that, you know, in dealing with the the trauma. You know, so right. that's all that goes back and ties into what Brother Tim said is that we have to, as a community, we gotta be proactive and not reactive to this. Right. We have to get in the schools early. We have to educate our youth. Um, the same thing with other issues that have been brought to light. Um, they wanted. They took out sex ed from schools. Am I correct? Is that what they started doing? Like they tar- started uh, steering away from sex ed. Like, it needs to be replaced with, like, real-life situations. Like, uh, it needs to be replaced with education. You need to have counselors going in and speaking with the youth and saying, you know what, kids, I'm going to have my daughter on next week. Kids don't like to talk. Kids like to keep things inside and think that they're going to be okay. They're like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, and they hide things. And it manifests later on in life. And then they start to deal with it, and it comes out, I mean, more than likely in negative ways. Um, so we need to get something as, as forget Florida. I mean, that's what we're calling, that's what we're calling from now. But I'm saying, like, everywhere, nationwide, we need to get this 
awareness and get people in schools and, you know, family services, therapy. I mean, your organization, Crystal, you actually will go to someone's house and do therapy? Like, how, do, how does that Ab- work with your organization? Absolutely. With our organization, with Positive Behavior Solutions, um, as we take, um, we primarily take Medicaid. Um, we now are, we have a contract with um, community-based care, um, which is a lead um, agency that we're contra- contracted with DCF. So now we're working with foster um, children as well. So a lot of times, you know, even when I was a case manager, adoption supervisor, um, I, I, I saw the trauma that would occur. I would see the behaviors, you know, in school and teachers, oh, they're bad. The foster parents, oh, they put them on medication. Oh, this, you know, instead right. of doing counseling, they wanted to replace it with medication. You know, right, and, right. And, and sometimes that is not, that's not, that might fix something temporarily, but that is not going to fix that trauma. Right. So me, me as a mom, I was just thinking about this. All right. Um, medication, absolutely. Like everybody wants to put your kids on medication. A few years ago, they were talking about the ADD medication. Everybody's being drugged up. They want to diagnose everybody with ADD. I don't know about you, but... You know, I'm an 80s baby, and when I was growing up, you were either bad or good. You either spoke to somebody in counseling, or there was no such thing as medication. All of a sudden, our mm-hmm. kids are all drugged up. But um, me as a mom, in as a victim also, I had to speak to my oldest daughter, because my other two are very young. They're tiny. Um, but I had to speak to my oldest daughter, and I let her know, and this is what you moms can do out there also, let her know or let him know, this is not okay. I'm in this situation for A, B, and C. It's temporary. Uh, you know, you have to let them know that what they're seeing is not normal. It's not the normal way to live. It's not acceptable. It's not okay. You need to reinforce that all the time. Let them know that you love them. Tell them that they can come to you and speak to you openly. Do they feel more comfortable and, talking yeah. with the counselor? Reach yeah, out. That's what I was going to say. I mean, you know, even sometimes they they fear, you know, either parent or they, you know, don't want to put additional stress on the victim. Um, so they keep it inside, and it does right. manifest in, in other ways. So, you know, kind of back to, you know, your, your, your question, yes. We, we service um, Central Florida, Orange County, Seminole, Volusia, um, Osceola County, um, and we do all we do is another referral, and we, we're, we're in the home, you know, certain, certain mm. counties, we're in the school, you know, so it, it, it's even more convenient to receive help, you know, you know, mental health exactly. these days, you know, because the counselors, the therapists can actually now go into the home and it's a lot it, it's it's a convenient you know you know yes. for the family yeah before yes. it was you got to go to the office and the parent right. had to take off from work you know and things like that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we're making it that's why the mental health has come so 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 far where yes mm-hmm. you know we, we come right into your home do the assessment you know quickly and fast and start those services so we can help you know help the children and the victims start healing and so That's just it. like you, Anna, so you, you, you took it, you know, what happened to you and you're making it into a, you know, into a positive experience and sharing and helping other people. And that's what, and that's what we do. That is why, 
you know, we have mental health services, you know, unfortunately, the last caller shouldn't have been blamed, but we get better, you know, a lot of better training, um, a lot of better education, you know, so we are definitely equipped to handle these type situations. That's amazing. Crystal, yeah, I have a question. Um, would you like to mm-hmm. share the name of your organization and your website with our callers, audience? It, um, the name of our organization is Positive Behavioral Solution, Solutions. Our website is www.besttherapy.com. www.besttherapy.com. Yes. Okay, Positive and you're also on Facebook. Solutions. Correct. Okay. So I would, um, I, I would invite all listeners to, um, you know, you know, join, you know, join the page. You know, I know, I know it's we're, tonight we're doing domestic violence, but the agency does offer a lot of other services, um, human trafficking. I know that, you know, one of the things as well. So, um, so check us out, check us out there, you know, we do a lot of, we do a lot of events in the community. Um, but, you know, definitely, 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 we have the resources to help. Okay. So with that, um, Brother Tim, I um, want to cut to a break, if we can. Um, sure, can sure. We take- I just want to make yeah. sure I got the right website, because I'm going to blast it out. What is it again? I'm sorry. The name of the organization, Positive Behavioral Solutions. Right. Website, Therapy. Dot com. Okay. Okay. Sure. We can take a quick commercial break. Um, matter of fact, let's play a song. We'll just put a song hey. out here, take a break Sounds for about good. four minutes, and then uh, we'll see you guys in four minutes. Okay.
Thank you for coming back with us. Hope you like that song. That was Sia, David Guetta, Titanium. Um, love Sia. Sia touches on, if you listen to her music, it goes, it's very deep, and I'll get into that at another show. But um, you can tell she's been through some stuff. You can tell that she's been through some traumatic, emotional, domestic issues. But um, what I had a question during the commercial break was, what if you're in a situation when, and I'm addressing this at you, Brother Tim, what do you do when you're in a situation where, let's say, a significant other is drunk and they decide that they want to beat on you because they have nothing better to do? Or you need to get out of the house immediately. Let's say you have children. Let's say you don't have children. Let's say you just want to get away right then and there, but you don't want to call the cops or you don't want to go that venue, but you need someplace safe to go just for the night to cool off. What do you do? Okay. What do you do in that situation? First and foremost, I tell everybody, call the police. Don't don't play okay. um, because anything can happen. Anything could go wrong. Uh, a lot of the calls we go on is when someone calls the police and the police say, are you pressing charges? And the victim says no. At that point, it becomes civil, not criminal. Um, there's great organizations like 211, which is United Way, and that, that's the national hotline number, 211. We have contracts with 211 where we get dispatched out on a lot of these calls to provide transportation, secure uh, transportation, get them to a shelter or a temporary solution. But what we don't offer a lot of times is the immediate counseling. And I'm very glad Crystal's on this call because okay. when we pick up someone or their themselves and their children and, you know, we ask, do you have a place to go? And, and a lot of times they'll say, you know, a hotel or a friend's house or, you know, a, another organization, or they've, they've gone ahead and made prior arrangements, but they have nobody to talk to. They have no one yeah. to, you know, open up and they're, they're basically suffering in silence. And then mm-hmm. the missing, the, the portion of they miss not the abuser, they miss the comfort zone. They miss their creature yep. comforts. The kids want to go back home to their normalcy. And how do you formulate what you do to help these people realize what you were dealing with is wrong? And let's get you to a brighter side. Let's take you from the darkness into the light. How do you begin doing that with a person that's a victim? First, well, for you know, working working with clients with with that, and I wanted to talk, you know, the difference between you know crisis counseling and then you know you know individual therapy. Crisis counseling is when you're in that immediate need of of, of of mental health services, you know, immediate, you, you know, and I was, you know, and I definitely want to talk with you about that, you know, you know, getting that in the community and, you know, with the crisis counseling. Um, but typically, you know, what I do with my clients who I'm going to be working, you know, long-term is I'm building, I'm building up that self-esteem. I'm building that, that victim back to where that victim can reclaim their life you know, and not be in fear of it, you know, and, and offer them support, give them hope, 
you let them know that, hey, you are not the only one. You would be so surprised how many women think, and I say women, any victims, let me me correct myself, Mm -hmm. you know, victims that are going through the same thing but feel that they are so alone. Um, Our organization actually does have a women's empowerment group as well. Um, that I, I encourage, you know, my women, you know, to come to to speak, you know, on these type of sensitive topics and, and deal with, um, you know, things that they can't readily share with, say, their family um, or others. Um, but we definitely, you know, provide that continued counseling. But it is all about that restructuring, that cognitive behavior, restructuring and letting them know um that they can do it. A lot of times they, they just don't, they don't have it. They have been broken down to the point. I will tell you this, you know, and it's a, it's one of my favorite questions I ask. I say, you know, this, this five, give me five things you love about yourself. Oh, you asking me? I'm, no, <laughs> this is, this is, this is what I get. Silent. General. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, absolutely. I say, okay, mm-hmm. give me three. Silence. Mm-hmm. They have lost everything that they used to be. I used to, you know, I used to be independent. You know, I used to be able to pay my own rent. I used to take care of myself. I used to have goals. I used to have dreams. I used to have this. And they have nothing. They feel they are all alone in the world. And I try to connect the women together and let them know, no, no, no. You're not the only one dealing with this situation. You are not the only one. But I am rebuilding. I'm rebuilding up that self-esteem, their self, that 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 positive image to get them back to that place where they say, you know what, no more. I'm worth it. I'm better than this, you know. And I give them. I always, always, you know, have them. What goals do you have? What goals do you have before this relationship? What goals are you planning? So in the meantime, this kind of, you know, honor for you as well, while they're going through that process when they have left the gender, that they can focus, refocus on something, you know, constructive, whether it's, you know what, I, you know, I always wanted to do culinary school. Let me go and do that. Let me take a class. Or, you know, honor, you know, let me, hey, let me share my story get on the radio. Or some, mm-hmm. you know, also, hey, you know, I'm going to start working out. I, tell them, I love telling my clients, work out, work out. All the mm-hmm. positive endorphins. <laughs> so, you yep. know, they get into they get into that, you know, and, and usually they're at that place, you know, after time, like, wow, I can't even believe I was in that situation. But it starts slowly. It starts slowly, and it doesn't happen overnight. It does not happen overnight, you know, and, um, but definitely, I would love to, you know, talk and, and work in conjunction with that crisis counseling, you know, for that needed attention. But, you know, for right now, our agency offers, you know, the ongoing, continued um, counseling. But that's, that's what I do for, you know, my victims and just get them back to that point. So proud of Anna, you know, she looks, she's doing her thing and she's focusing, you know, and not concentrating, you know, on, on the loneliness that could come. You know, a lot of times that is a reason to go back is their moment. You know, exactly. So I try to get them to creatively. Let's start working on short-term goals. You know, achievable things that they can do that 
that encourages them, whatever it is, if they believe in, you know, a higher power, you know, hey, here's here's some here's some books that, you know, that might help. But I I I absolutely you know, reframe and tell, you know, make sure that they're positive affirmations. They know what your positive affirmations from it. <laughs> I'm looking for right. it because it is so sad that they can't come up with these simple things, you know, that we know about ourselves, you know. And right. nothing, you know, they've, they've been broken down and my job is to then, I would tell you, it's just my passion when they finally see that hope, when they're finally like, oh my goodness, somebody understands, somebody realizes I'm not alone. Exactly. It, when, it's golden. Mm-hmm. It's golden. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. Yeah. Now, Crystal, um, you, you just touched yeah. on something. Um mm-hmm the endorphins from exercise, you know, we encourage that. We, you know, we try to tell people, if you've gone through something, get out there, get your wholesomeness back. And are there, you know, we're looking for sponsors and other organizations to help these victims become survivors. V2S stands for victims to survivors, which is what Anya came up with. Get Mm -hmm. out there take a walk, become part of a, a fitness group. And it's mm-hmm. not just for your, you know, physical appearance. It will start healing you on the inside as well. Yes. When yes. someone is robbed of their dignity, of their self-respect, and they've been told for X number of years that they're trash, that they're the bottom of the barrel, mm-hmm. suicidal temps start to sink yeah. in. They mm-hmm. become suicidal and now there's alcohol, drugs involved. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 alcohol they're, and drugs. Which is negative. Placing, yeah, those they negative coping right. skills. Right. Marijuana, alcohol, pills, you know. And what I do is I replace those with positive coping skills because, believe it or not, a lot of, a lot of these victims do not know positive coping skills. They have not been taught. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. that is definitely something that I also, you know, I also do, you know, outside of encouraging, you know, you know, the exercising and, and, and working and eating, you know, eating properly, eating, you know, nutritious, you know, because that helps as well, you know, with the health and things of, you know, that nature. But definitely, definitely, I have to, you know, it's it's building building it back up. Right now. I wanted to mention because wait you one know, second. We have another caller on. Her name is Melanie. So okay. one oh. quick second here. Melanie, you're live with V2S Radio. Hi Melanie, how are you? I'm okay, how are you? Good. Thank you for calling. How can we help you or we can guide you or what can we do for you today? <laughs> um well I've been listening to the show, you know, for well, both shows that you guys did. And, um, I mean, I just wanted to throw out there for the people that are in my situation where I have not gotten out. I actually have just recently realized what situation I'm in. Um, And I've been listening to the show this evening, and there were a lot of really good points. Um, You know, I mean, as a small child, I was – had to deal with – neighbors who were beating up each other and nobody wanted to do anything about it and 
sexual abuse and that kind of a thing. So I got older, got with this guy, and I actually just heard today from a friend of mine, she said, I can't believe you didn't tell me for five years that this was going on. And I'm like, I thought it was normal. Yeah. I really thought it was yeah. normal. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so listening to the show this evening, it was like, you know, it's all hitting good points. So I just kind of wanted to throw out that, you know, while I'm trying to form the plan to get away now because I now mm-hmm. realize where I am and that it's not a normal thing, mm-hmm. that these other people, male, female, whichever the case may be, just need to reach out to other people and yeah. get the support that they need to get out. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Sorry. Well, like she was just talking about, you know, going out and exercising kind of thing. Well, he decided he was going to buy me this workout program and whatever. Um, so because I, I, it was part of that whole love you kind of phase that he was in. And uh, so he bought it for me, and then he bought me a scale and goes, oh, my God, I can't believe that's how much you weigh. Mm. So Mm. then I started doing the exercise program, and he started going to the store and buying cakes Mm. and all kinds of junk food. Try to sabotage you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I and I would tell you once, and I and I and I tell my victims all the time, once you start gaining control back in your life, mm-hmm. that perpetrator does not know what to do because they yep. are used to being in control. And when they will, they oh, oh, that's when it comes back to I love you, sweetie, this, and yep. let's get in. If you're not married, let's now get married. You've been asking for a bait. Uh uh uh. Mm-hmm. I keep telling oh. you, keep you keep doing what you're doing. And oh, absolutely. Well, I told gonna, him you're, you're coming to that point. You get what? I, I I got I got somebody else. No. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And but he wants part to of that you. building building it back up. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. We got yep. into a one of our you know many disputes last week, and. um of course, his big thing is because I don't agree with him when we get into these disputes is he doesn't want to be with me. And so I told him, fine, I want a divorce. So, of course, the next day was the whole, I love you, I'm sorry, mm. that kind of thing. Yeah. And then I was told that I do not have the right to decide when our our marriage is over, <laughs> um, kind of a thing. So it's been kind of a back and forth thing so, going um, on. On that, you know they, that you they do are have the very right to manipulative. Say. You do have I'm right sorry. to say. You do have right to say. All right, I've had enough. Um, have you tried the counseling approach with him? Have you tried? I mean, if you've tried everything, he knows that you're not happy and that he's not treating you right. Has he done anything to try to correct the situation? And how long have you been with him? We've been together six years. We've been married just a little over two. Um, when I told him about the divorce, I also explained to him, tried to explain to him, although he told me my feelings and my thoughts did not matter, um, that, um, I told him that I did not appreciate being called everything except, you know, a white woman kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that if, if it happened again, that I was leaving. So for about four days, he did a really good job of, being extremely nasty without calling names. 
However, last night was the downfall of that, and I recorded all of it, which he doesn't know. But it was one of those deals where it was like he he did everything humanly possible, and he couldn't hold it in anymore. And Carl, right. I want to I want to I want to ask you a question for the other, you know, if anyone else is listening, um, what what has what made you stay in this relationship? Honestly, it kind of fell on what you were just talking about when you said, "What are the five okay. things you love about yourself?" Mm-hmm. I used to be an extremely independent, strong woman. I raised my son by myself. I mm-hmm. worked all the time. I had money. I had a car, I had a place to live, I had all of that, and in a very, very short amount of time, I quit my job because he said he would take care of me because he made really mm. good money. I, he did he let me get a new car, but then it got wrecked, and he refused to get me another one. Um, I have less than $100 in my bank account because he has all the money in his bank account. So it's kind of a situation where he's gotten me where from the person I was to this person mm-hmm. that is now hates myself. Dependent. Exactly. And dependent but solely on him. Now and is when, that's where he wants you. And now is when you opened your eyes and you're like, wait a minute, this isn't me. This is what, right. what I was saying earlier. And you are going to regain that control back. You are going to get control back of your own life. You don't want to control anybody else. You just want yourself back, your respect. You need to You need to do what you have to do. You have support. A couple of friends, one that tells me just leave him, and the other one says sit down and have a conversation with him and yeah. tell him how you feel. Yeah. Okay. And and either, I either, either way, really that, that is the most common suggestion. Like I said, leave, and that's when it's the most dangerous, you know. Exactly. To do it. Right, because you know, he's already, he, I mean, he's never actually physically done anything to me yet. Um, however, I got a little concerned. He bought a couple of guns. He gets into these huge rants kind of a thing. And I'm going, the girl is saying, oh, well, just leave him. I'm sitting there going, uh, no. Uh, no. Have you watched not. the news lately? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. See, yeah. when I personally, you know, that I'm just recovering from whatever happened to me, and I'm going to tell you, when I reached out to people and I let them know about my situation, first thing out of their mouth was, leave him. Right. Now, here comes my situation. I'm like, first thing that comes to my head is, okay, can I live with you guys with my three kids? Can I, you know, are you going to pay my rent for me? Are you, mine was financial. That was the reason that I stood. But right. I knew that I didn't deserve that. So oh, here you go. Now you're reaching out for help and guidance and you're being judged. Well, if you don't, if you don't leave, then it must not be that bad. Well, guess what? I didn't need to hear that. A lot of people right. are scared to reach out to others because they don't understand the severity of what you're going through. And that goes back to what Brother Tim was saying, feelings of depression, feelings of being alone, and, you know, you feel like nobody wants you, nobody understands, you're going to be in this, in this dark hole forever, and that's not the case. The case is, is that you're, you're, you are the same person that you were before you met him. Right. You are strong, you are independent, you, you know, he didn't take any of that away from you, it's still there. Right. I just, you just have to get it back. You got to get Exactly. Yeah. You, this you is got, not you your fault. That helped to bring right. it, to get it back, to get you back to where you need to be. 
Right. Uh, and he because once they the realize that they no longer have control, there's not, they don't have the control anymore. It's, it's that the hard part is getting, you know, the victim back to that place of independence, you know, and that's, that's the process, you know, of the therapy and counseling and, and working on it, working on yourself, working on, you know, self-help you know, books and things, and it, it, it's, it's a process, but, you know, it's it's worth it. You're, you're worth it. You know, you are I tell worth them all it. the time, you are worth it. You are you're special. Here. You're going to get somewhere, and I'm going to tell you that if it wasn't for Brother Tim, I'm going to say this again, because this was a miracle, and when I had just gone through this situation, he got removed from my house. Two days later, now, for those two days, I was in hell in my own head, listening to everything and reliving everything all over again. I was a mess. I hadn't had the TV on all day, turned the TV on, and Brother Tim's segment was there on News 13, the local news channel here in Florida. And his number website came up. I contacted him. Immediately, he contacted me. Now, he was trying to be helpful and everything, and guess what? Two days after that, I think it was, he took me under my wing. We were talking. He was like, you know what? I have a radio, sta- a radio station, and I have nobody to run it. And next thing you know, I have this huge, you know, project on my hands, and I'm helping others. It happened right. so fast. So as soon as I let go of that person that was bringing me down, new doors opened, and I'm embracing it, and I'm holding on to this project and to helping others because, I didn't go through all of this for nothing. I went through this for a purpose. There is a purpose for everything. And I was so scared to let go of what I was familiar with, what I was used Mm -hmm. to. I was scared because of the financial reasons. But then I prayed. And I'm like, God, help me. Because I don't want to be in the streets with my kids. I don't want to be homeless. I have no family. I have, you know, and I was so worried. And then Brother Tim comes along and this beautiful opportunity like, I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you, I am not strong at all. I do have my weak moments. Like I told you, I text Brother Tim no, the other night. Strong. It was like 11 o'clock you're at night. Strong. I mean, I am dealing with things still, but what I did was something positive, like right after. So right. I would advise <laughs> anybody that's listening, that's thinking of making that move, make the move. You're not alone. There are right. so many of us out there going through the same exact thing. We have the same feelings, the same emotions, the same worries. You're not alone. Everything is going to be okay. You're going to grab onto something positive and you're going to run with it. Build and yourself honestly, up again. After listening mm-hmm. to the first show and after having joined the group that I did on Facebook, which is when I realized mm-hmm. how many people, because I, I did, I thought, oh, my God, like, I don't know anybody that's ever been in this situation. However, and I didn't know my brother and then found out that he had been in a relationship with a girl that was exactly like my husband. Wow. And, um, yeah, it was shocking to me as well. Um, but since I've, I've been studying on it and went on the site and saw this and and heard the first show that you guys did and that mm-hmm. – I personally am holding on to what is driving me right now. And, of course, the only reason I'm here is obviously financial. I have nowhere mm-hmm. to go. I have nothing, mm-hmm. nothing to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my whole thing is, is at this point I want to be the person that I used to be 
And I yes. also want to do basically what you guys are doing. Do whatever yes. I can to get it out there and say, look, this is what's going mm-hmm. on. There this are all is my story. You guys need to know, and it needs yes. to stop. Yes, yes. Oh, and that's what this show is about. Word. It's to empower you and to help you and to let you know you're not alone. We're backing you up. We'll help you with the resources. Go on the website. Even if you're not in this state, 211, call 211. And there's a whole bunch of resources. The United Way, um, there's, there's a whole and bunch of yeah, resources social, out there. Social media, like she said, Facebook, yes, you know, join, yes. that, join that network and you'll see. There you, I'm telling you, it, it, it is very, very common that the victim thinks that they are the only one in this situation. Yes, until right. they realize, whoa, I'm not alone. Okay. Yep. And yep. sometimes, yeah. you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's easier to get through things when you know you're not yes. alone. You know, yes. you, got, yes. you got other people going through the same exact thing. You build that, mm-hmm. you build your own community, your own support system within that. Right. So, you know, in terms of, you know, the financial part, you know, and I'm not sure if you have any kids, you know, or anything like that. No, you thank build God. That, that network, and it's like, hey, you know, you got your plans, you you got your community, you got your support, can I stay, you know, so so you got it, you got it, you know, it's just like you said, you know, it's just built, it building you back up to where you were. Right. Now, real quick, real quick, um, Melanie. Yes. If, you know, out of the, where are we at now, 160-something cases in the past two years, at least 99% of them, when we do the intake sheet, it's the same exact formula that the abuser uses. Takes okay. away the money, yep. takes mm-hmm. away the friends, takes yep. away mm-hmm. control. Isolation. Isolation. Yep. But it's systematic. Yep. It's not all in one day. Oh, guess what? Quit your job. Nope. No. Nope. It's little by little. They are oh, very no. patient. They are it definitely mm-hmm. took quite a long time. The group of friends that I did have has dwindled down to one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. They make them, yeah. That's, they, yeah. They, and, and that's what and I was honestly, saying, you know, earlier. I, Go ahead, call me. I have not seen my grandchildren in over a year because my Aww. son and daughter-in-law cannot stand him, and he mm. has no use for them. Uh, he right. tolerates my brother. But beyond mm-hmm. that, that is the only contact I have, the one friend, and occasionally I text message my son, which, by the way, I got in trouble for the other night because I wasn't paying attention to him. You're, you're on the – I'm going to tell you right now, you're at the red zone. He is going to snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I know. You're last, right. last night when you I know. recorded him, unfortunately, yeah. I did not have the recording on when he grabbed me. Yeah. He and grabbed you last mad. night? Yeah. Yes. Because remember, remember, he hasn't he hasn't been physical yet. Right. But like Brother Tim just the guns, and now this. Yes, yes, you're you're definitely in the red the red zone. Mm-hmm. And and that's another thing that we need to we need to address now. What happens when? Right, because he knows that she's up on his game, so he's gonna get upset, and he's gonna try to what with the three R's again, Brother Tim. The three R's, the three R's are remorse. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did this. I'll never do it again. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. Don't tell anyone. 
Don't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. Then he will be in the second R, which is recovery. He will be your knight in shining armor. He yep. will mm-hmm. shower you with gifts and care and loving. And you will think this is not the same person. He is mm-hmm. fantastic. You will He's let changed. your guard he down. Loves me. Yep. yep. As soon you as you let, let your guard, guard down, down, the third R comes. The That's third R. Just got through. Retaliation. The yep. third R is retaliation. Yep. And that's where I feel that he is you. now. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Melanie, and I'm going to say this to all our listeners. You said he put his hands on you. He grabbed yep. you. He didn't hit you. He yep. grabbed you. That was a yep. tester. That was mm-hmm. a, is she going to call the cops? Mm-hmm. Oh, she didn't call the cops. Guess mm-hmm. what's coming Exactly. I, you know, we're just giving insight. These are our opinions, okay? Right. From doing all those over 100 and whatever cases we've done, it's the same formula. The same. Verbal abuse. Verbal abuse is let's test the water. Then mm-hmm. emotional abuse. Destroy your mental situation. Destroy mm-hmm. you mentally. Just, just break you down. Break you then, down. Then is the physical abuse. Where you're too right. scared to do anything. You're not going to tell anyone. Right. He put his hands on you. No. You said he didn't put his hands on you. He grabbed you. That's domestic violence. Yep. Here's another it thing. Is. Here's domestic violence that people don't realize. If someone inhibits you from calling the authorities, either they break your phone or they disconnect your phone or something where they impede you from calling the authorities, that's domestic violence. Wow, I didn't know that. that. Hmm. Oh, I yeah. Absolutely. Yep. That is the law. That is the he law. Is so, he is right. So, so Melanie, um, mm-hmm. you're right on the red zone. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm going to let you finish in a second. You're on the red zone. Mm-hmm. If he grabs you again, yes. calm him down, go into another room and call the police. Okay. Absolutely. Because he is testing to see your tolerance, okay? Yes. And he's seeing nothing's being done. She's not doing nothing. Yes. And then one I, I day. One of the reason that I never did that was because he said that his ex-wife, of course, when he told me the story, I don't know her. For having been with him, I can imagine why she <laughs> obviously was the way he said she was. Mm-hmm. But I think part of my my thing with that is because he's so friggin' charming that he said I was when he was with his ex wife they would call she would call the cops yeah yep. she would call the cops and he would convince them he didn't do anything although he tells me he didn't but I think he did all you have mm-hmm. to say, he never got all in you trouble have to, they came all you have to say no. Melanie is he grabbed me I'm scared for my life. And they're going to say, do you want to press charges? Anya can tell you. If you say no, you're not pressing charges, you just lost your backup. You're in trouble. You just just lost your cavalry. They will never come back. Okay. So if you don't press charges, mm -hmm. you wasted your time. Right. I just want to break in and tell you, Melanie, that when my situation happened, it had been, he came back after the baby was born. My son is six months now. Um, it was two weeks old, five and a half months, plus a year before that of emotional abuse. 
constant emotional abuse every day, all day, and I'm, like, doing everything I can for him, hoping that he would change, hoping that he would see this woman is really doing good, like, she doesn't leave, She's, she does everything for me, hoping he would change. He never changed. So that right. was number one. He continued with the emotional abuse. Now, what was the end of the line for me, Melanie, is he put his hands on me. Now, right. he grabbed me, put my hands up. I was against the wall, put my arms above my head to where I couldn't move. I tried to knee him to get him away from me, and he flung me across the room. Now, this happened on a Thursday. Spoke to him, or tried to speak to him all night. Try to tell him, you know, like I'm hysterical now. I'm crying. My kids did not see this, by the way. They were sleeping in their room. Mm-hmm. Um. I was crying, I was upset, and I'm thinking to myself, this is going to get worse. That's the red, that was the first red flag. It was emotional, emotional, emotional. The emotional got worse. The verbal got worse. Now he put his hands on me. I said, let me think, because if I call the cops, here it goes again. I'm going to lose my place because they're going to arrest him. I'm going right. to be in the street. So here he knows that he has that power over me. He knows that if I was to call the cops, I'm going to be in the street. So he figured I can do whatever I want. And I have a recording that I've sent to some of my friends that says I can do whatever I want. And he called me out of my name. So the second day, Friday, I spent all day Friday trying to talk to him. He blatantly ignored me, watched video games, played his games, whatever, And I'm like, look, I'm trying to talk to him to make sure it's not going to happen again. He showed no remorse, which told me in my head he's going to do it again. And I can't have that. Sure enough, a few hours after I thought that, I was still persistent. Can we fix this? Can we go to counseling? Can we go to church? Now he gets annoyed. And he gets up and he threw me to the floor again because I grabbed his laptop, and I said, will you talk to me now? We got into a struggle. He grabbed me. He shook me. Let me tell you, because he, he was ignoring me because of the laptop, so I took the laptop, and I held it. And I said, can you talk to me now? He got up. He struggled with me for the laptop, threw me to the floor again, and that's when I was like, that's it. I knew it was going to get worse. I, I feared my life. I said, right. something's going to happen. I have a baby like, what if my baby was in the room? What if he would have thrown me and I would have fell on my baby? Like, I started Anna, worrying and, and I threw him out right away. Call the cops, had and, him removed. And that's but why I like, did not press Kim's charges. suggestion of mm-hmm. calming him down. Right. Instead of instead of inciting him, you know, by the, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying anything, blaming or anything like that, but. To go calm, calm him down, go to the next room, call 911, I'm in fear of my life. You know, at right. that point, you know, because well, if, you, if you in my situation, bear, if you poke that bear, right. he, it's gonna come, it's gonna, he's going to come out. So I, well, I do think it, that is that is a definitely a, a good, you know, alternative is, right. hey, okay, calm down, when, go into in another room and call. When we when we had the thing where I try to walk away to calm things down, that's mm-hmm. when he grabs me, pins me against him so that he can scream in my face and do an intimidation thing. 
Oh, wow. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. And my dog actually almost bit him last night because she doesn't like him doing that. And, wow. Yeah. No, good thing did you reach no, out to anybody? Wait a second. Wait, wait a second. Oh. Wait a second. Um, mm-hmm. You just said something very pivotal. He is grabbing mm-hmm. you, holding you, and screaming in your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some underlying issues with that individual that has nothing to do with you. He right. is rehashing some bad history. Yes, I know. And there, again. he has a. I guess maybe again. a little bit of my problem is he's usually very nice until he starts drinking, and he drinks every day. Uh, and well. I also know that there have been numerous occasions where we get into an argument, and he just starts screaming about. I have no idea about whatever. And so yep. when I asked him about it after the fact, he says, I wasn't talking to you. I thought I was talking to someone else. Yeah, he's got he's got and, some yeah. undiagnosed he some issues. Yeah. 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 He's got some undiagnosed issues. And, yeah. you know, you go to a liquor and, store, it says wine and spirits for a reason. There's some spirits in yes. there yeah. that yeah. are shaking and, you know, and, him up. And I, you're going to get lately, the brunt of it. Oh, yeah. And Lately, that, I mean, I guess the other scary part is, besides the fact that he bought two guns, is the fact that when we first got together, he's so paranoid about everything. He showed me exactly mm-hmm. where all the pressure points are and where you should hit someone or do something to kill them. Oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, now, Melanie, I don't know how much, more of a, how much more of a roadmap you need. Um, yeah. It's going to get worse. That monster, right. Do you have, I said this the last show, that monster never loses its strength. It only gets stronger. Right. Yep. Do you and have looking, go ahead. in place some place to go where you can stay safe? You mentioned you had a brother. Would he let you stay there? Like, don't even give your abuser any warning. Just, hey, well, I'm going to the store. Take a bag, my, go to your brother's house, stay there, or wherever you can go. Do you have some place? I do have a friend that he does not know I'm speaking to anymore because he made me cut ties with her a long time ago, but I got back in touch with her. So he doesn't know that I'm talking to her. Okay. So she's already said that I can move in there. She's got to get her three kids situated before I do that. Yeah, you, okay, you have well, to get the authority. We don't have time. Tell you, yeah. Hold on one second. We only got 10 minutes left of the show, and I want to wrap this up. You have to get the authorities involved because here's what's going to happen next. After the attack, you just said he has guns. He's going to sit home. He's going to drink more than Mm -hmm. likely. And he's going to say, who does she think she is? I own her. And he's going to go look for you. You need a little piece of paper called an injunction. Okay? Because the first Mm -hmm. thing that happens with an injunction, get the guns. The authorities take his guns. Mm -hmm. He's giving you... He said to you, this is where you hurt somebody. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did he show it to you on a poster or did he show it to you on your body? On my body. Mm. Okay. I, I knew that was going to be the answer because he's telling you what he's going to do to you. What he's going to do to you. Wow. Yeah, I mean, what I recommend, <laughs> I, I seriously seriously recommend that um, Brother Tim has seen this happen over and over again. He can tell you the, the format it's going to happen in. He can tell he's, he's seen it over and over again. I can tell you, Melanie, even from experience myself, 
you need to put in place what Crystal was talking about earlier. Put that emergency bag in the car. Start taking out things With little by injunction. little. You know, do the injunction. It's Monday morning. Like, seriously, say you have to go to the doctor. I don't know. Can you get away from him? Um, just if, go get an injunction immediately and tell them that you fear for your life. Tell them right. the situation that happened. You'll have to write that down just to document it, Okay. And that maybe will chill him out until you can leave. And, and I suggest that you do it as soon as possible. I, the, I the need injunction, to... real quick, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I want to get Crystal's insight on this too. The injunction may or may not stick. It depends how it's written up. And two, the first thing they ask, were authorities called? Correct. Okay. Because you have to understand uh, – when a call comes in for domestic violence, it is a criminal call. They're going to treat it as a criminal call. Even though it's a civil court, your life is in danger at that point. They're coming mm-hmm. with the sirens on, and mm-hmm. they're coming to save your life. Right. So, again, if you make that call, you have to press charges. That's the first question. Are you willing follow, to press charges? Yes. Follow through with that, follow just like Chris said. Follow through. Because what, what if you do not, and I'll tell you, Millie, if you do not follow through, you have given him back the power and control. And he's right. going to be even more upset. He's going to be upset, be yes. At that third, that third, he might try to bring you back with the, you know, baby, I'm sorry, never, nope. never, never, never. Nope. Follow, if he follow, hasn't changed follow, in six years, follow, he's not going to do it. Right. Because follow through. Not follow it, and I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off, but if you do not no, follow it, 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 it is dismisses the entire, the entire thing. And like, you know, Brother Tim said, it was pointless. You follow, you have to follow it through. I mean, it is very difficult navigating through the court system, but you've got to get that, that injunction. You have to get that injunction, and you if right. you press charges, you follow through. I've seen it where, you know, well, I, well, I call the police, but I don't want to press charges. They're not, mm-hmm. they're, they, they're not gonna, they're not going to believe you're in danger if you do right. that. You have They'll to deny. Follow yes. through. Follow through, and also you got to remember that when you call the cops, because it happened to me, and now there's a situation where you don't press charges, the next time you call, they're going to take their time going to your house. They're gonna, and this was told to me by Brother Tim. They're not going to take you seriously. The judge right. denied my request for an injunction with bruises all over my body, pictures of bruises. She still denied it, and we're going to touch on that on a different show. But, yes, please follow through. And that way you gain your, you gain your strength back, you get your control back of your life, focus on you and what you want to do, and stay safe. That's what we want you to do. Stay safe. Absolutely. And I know, you know, I know she said, I know she said Monday, but tomorrow's Friday. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. yes, I'm. So, you know, my days have been all messed up this whole week. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, was I don't even know Monday, what time it is. It's Friday. If you, if no, okay, no, you are Melanie. there, Melanie. Go Melanie, I've I got to say this, and then we're going to wrap up here. Don't wait for him to put his hands on you. 
we're not saying wait for it to occur because yeah, right. you can almost guarantee it's going to occur. It could be a verbal abuse because the first mm-hmm. thing the officer is going to say is, has he, ever, has he put his hands on you? And you're going to say yes, because he has. You've said it all on this radio show. Yeah, and then say, I has recorded, past, although I didn't have it on when he did that. On you? Has, has he assaulted you in any way? You say yes. I say, do you want to press charges? Yes. Are you willing to testify to this in court? Yes. They're going to say, let's go, I sir. Mm-hmm. Record, get what? pictures. Get as much proof yes, as you can. Get pictures. Yep. Get pictures. Yes. Because, you know, in Florida, I'll say, in Florida, it's a mandatory 24-hour hold for him. He's going to spend the yeah, night. Right. Then they're going to say, that'll give you time to get away. And then you let the officers know, oh, he has guns and he's told me where he was going to, you know, abuse me with the weapons and shoot and this Mm -hmm. and that. And they're going to say, oh, get the guns, sir, while you're, while we're here, give me the guns. And they're going to confiscate them. You've just taken the power out of his hands. Yep. Okay. Okay. That's your game plan. How do you take that power away? Because Everybody knows liquor and guns don't mix. Oh, yeah. he's, he didn't look at a For magazine. For me, liquor and, and stairs go, don't mix. No, not at all. He didn't look at a magazine <laughs> and go, well, if you shoot someone here or stab them here, he did it on you. Yeah. He was seeing right. your. He's, he's telling you son. what he is going to do. Yes, absolutely. That's, now, Crystal. We're not trying to scare you. Will, you. <laughs> yes. No, we're not trying <laughs> to scare you, but, you know. This is what we do to save people's lives. Right. right. No, I, and I get that. It's just now that I look at it in the terms that you said it, it's, it's a little more scary than it was beforehand. So, but that's yeah. probably no. a good thing. Think about but it. But thank you so Think much for it. calling in. You called in for a reason and you reached out to us for a reason. Now you have knowledge. You take that knowledge yeah. and you use it and you use it to empower you and to do things strategically because we all know that you can't just do everything, you know, just outright. No, you plan things right. cautiously, carefully, and you follow through. That's the key. Follow through and stay safe. And I want you to call in our next show. Um, when is our next show, Tim? Sunday? Yes, Sunday, 9 o'clock, 9 okay. p.m. Sunday. Let us know how you're doing and um, what did you do, what did you accomplish, how things are. Um, we definitely want to follow up with you. So I would so appreciate you calling back, letting us know oh, how absolutely. you are. absolutely. As long as he's, okay. you know, passed out like he is now, I will absolutely <laughs> fall back in and let you know. <laughs> okay. Or if I'm out of here. We're, we're no, yes, yes. it's, it's, it's not a joking manner because – with the alcohol, like Brother Tim said, I, that, I, it makes me very nervous with the alcohol and guns. It, yeah. So, and like oh, I said before, so this if if this is what you're doing, this is going to be the most dangerous time. So you gotta you gotta do it carefully. You have to do it. You gotta do it legally as well. You gotta get that injunction. Yeah. Gotta get it. Gotta get it, and you gotta follow through. Follow through. If not, I'm giving him back the control. Exactly. And stay safe. And I know that on Sunday, I have plans. Um, It's going to be a praise Sunday. So a lot of us are going to probably have questions in our head, like, where is God when I'm going through all of this? And why is he allowing this to happen? And I don't understand. There's so many questions. Well, guess what? We have the right person for you to talk to, Brother Tim, because he has inspired me so much this week. And we are going to... Because he likes to throw God in my face all the time. Yes. 
<laughs> no, we are going to definitely touch on um, give praise to God, and we're going to have questions answered as to why you're going through this. And, you know, all of that topic is going to be on Sunday's show. So, um, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you then, and stay safe. We only right. have a couple thank seconds left. So, so, Melanie, thank you very much for calling in, and we do yes, want to hear back you. from you. Crystal, we definitely want to hear back from you. Um, because we, you know, you and I need to speak in the future and get some things together. And Anya, Absolutely. as always, great show. Yes. And we will see Thank you, you so all much. Sunday, 9 p.m. God bless you. Sunday, everybody. 9 o'clock. Take care. Stay safe. Thank you. All okay. Right. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you found this week's episode informative and engaging. Please remember that if you or anyone you know is a victim of domestic violence, there is help. Please visit our website, www.stopdv.net, for more information. Together, we can stop this epidemic. Join the fight to stop domestic violence now. Having fun, I don't know